Welcome to I Am a Faith Warrior, a series of encouraging and empowering short lessons. This is volume one, and there she was, Kingdom Building. I am Tracy Janine, and this is my virtual classroom. And there she was in Nazareth. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you, dear Heavenly Father, will give us insight, encouragement, and empowerment for our walk as faith warriors, God, particularly those, dear Heavenly Father, who are coming into a season or who are in a season, God, where they have to do something great for your kingdom, God. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Okay, so today we are talking about a lady in Nazareth. And there she was in Nazareth, our birther, our example of a birther. Now, let me just say from the beginning that I'm um, intentionally talking about birthing because a lot of times in the church, we hear the church has no power and we are called to fast, pray, repent, praise, worship, and still we come back and we feel as if we don't have any power as a church. And so I believe that one of the reasons our power is not demonstrated is because we do not birth the things that God has for us. We do not produce the things that God has called us to produce. So today I'm just going to talk about or try to give uh, tips, not really tips, but principles in which we can apply to help us get to the end goal that God has set for our our life. Now, I'm not going to go through labor and pushing those type of things, because there are a lot of messages in the kingdom, a lot of books in the kingdom for just that. I'm specifically going to be teaching on conception up to the labor, the first part. And that's because in the infancy stage, in the beginning, the enemy steals that which we have been destined to do. He takes it from us. Or we lay it down. And it's a lot of times in the beginning. So I want to deal with from the conception right up to the labor. So let's read. We're going to be coming from Luke chapter 1. Verse 25. Verse starting at verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the only one to be born will be called the son, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So, and there she was in Nazareth, our example as a birther, as a producer of something. But the first point we want to point out is that what is she a producer of? Okay, I want to be very clear, faith warriors, very, very clear of what I'm specifically talking about. I'm talking about, number one, that there has to be a divine request. That's the first thing that I'm talking about, meaning God is coming to you, a divine request of you. I'm not talking about the desires of your heart. God gives you the desires of the heart. That means I'm not talking about the vision board. I'm not talking about the house, the car, the job, the children, and things that you have on your vision board. If that's what you do, or your dreams and your imaginations and your hopes, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking to faith warriors who God has tapped on the shoulder. Susan, Henry, Jacob, Shaquan, that's who I'm talking to. Faith warriors who have a divine request from God. That's who I'm talking to. Faith warriors who have a divine request from God. Now, the way God comes to you could vary. In this particular text, the angel Gabriel came to Mary. You may have had a vision. You, you may have had um, uh, reading the text. You may have had someone walk and speak something into your life. However, you may have had a tragedy and out of that was birthed something. You may have been in a deep sleep and had a dream. However, it came to you. It was a divine request from God. So one way that you know it's a divine request from God is that it's really to benefit a group of people, to benefit other people. Okay, and it's more of a Habakkuk 2 vision that you're writing down. You're writing down what God wants for you, not the vision board. So the first thing is there must be a divine request from God. There must, God must be asking you, not the other way around. Okay, number two, we, uh, number two, we see that there must ultimately be a yes. Ultimately, there must be a yes. It doesn't matter what the yes sounds like. It could be a clear yes. It could be, oh, pass this bitter cup, but let thy will be done. <laughs> it could be uh, not thy will, but your will, Lord. Oh, your Lord, use me. I'm your servant, as Mary said, whatever thou willest. But ultimately, 
it's a yes, right? Ultimately, you must say yes to the divine request because that's what's going to make the seed. That's what's going to make it come to life. That's what's going to uh, push it forward, so to speak. So ultimately, there must be a yes. Now, the interesting thing about the yes is what I would warn you about. Don't doubt in your yes. If you go back and read the account when the angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah, who's Elizabeth's husband, of course, um, in regards to John the Baptist, he doubts and he's made meat. So even though you have a yes, your yes should not be tainted with doubt because doubt, it, it insults the character of God. Doubt insults the character of doubt. I mean of God. So if you doubt on any level that God is God, if you doubt that he doesn't have the power to do it, if you doubt that he, he's not going to be present to do it, if you doubt that he doesn't have the wisdom to do it, you're doubting the character of God, right? So we don't want to doubt the request or anything that God can do or the way that God can do it or if God can do it, Right? What Mary did was she asked for clarity. Now, when you get to your yes, because you may not yes overnight, and that's fine. But when you get to it, don't doubt, but you can ask for clarity. Okay, Lord, Mary, this is Mary. Okay, Lord, how are you going to do this? She needs clarity. I'm a virgin. How, how are we going to have this baby? See, it's a difference in how are we going to have this baby or will we have this baby? Can you do this, Lord? So be careful. Ultimately, you have to get to a yes, but do not doubt God in coming to that yes, but it's fine to ask for clarity. You have to have a divine request and you have to have a yes. Now, this makes me think of the parable of sores and you guys know the parable of sores. The seed falls on all types of ground. Birds come and eat the seed. Thorns choke the seed away and the sun scorched the seed, right? And so we have to have a good heart to receive the word of God in order that it produces fruit. Everybody knows the parable of the sword. And I want you to keep that parable as in mind, in mind as I give you the next two points. Point number three, faith warriors. You have to make an alignment with another faith warrior. You need to make an alignment with another faith warrior. When you are a birther, when God has given you something that big, that important, you have to immediately look at Mary. It's interesting to me that Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, points out to Mary that Elizabeth is pregnant six months. It makes sense that the angel Gabriel will tell Zachariah, Elizabeth's husband, that Mary is going to have a baby because John the Baptist is the forerunner and he needs to know what they're forerunning for. But he also tells Mary that Elizabeth is pregnant and six months pregnant. That's interesting to me. Why? Because the angel knew that Mary was going to need to do exactly what Mary did. And what Mary did was she left Nazareth and went to Elizabeth. Faith warriors, you have to align, if you can, 
with another faith warrior. She went to Elizabeth. Why? Yes, her community was going to be toxic, but more than the community is going to talk about her and all this kind of stuff was the one of the reasons why we have to be careful once we receive the divine request because going to another faith warrior, which Elizabeth was um, in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit was upon her. When she got there, Elizabeth was able to do a couple of things upon receipt, upon seeing Mary. One thing she did was she affirmed who she was. She encouraged her. And so that's what we need to do when we get a divine request. We need to align ourselves with someone who can encourage her, not just someone, another faith warrior in the kingdom of God who can encourage you, who can say, wow, you are blessed. <laughs> not just you got on the prettiest clothes or your hair is the nice or your makeup is well done. No, no. I see or I'm aware of what God is doing for you and you are blessed. She she encourages Mary. She affirms what the Lord is doing in her life. And as faith warriors, we have to affirm. We have to get affirmations from other faith warriors to help keep us lifted up. So we align with other faith warriors. She affirms you're blessed. And then the other thing she does, Elizabeth also confirms that Mary has the Lord. She also confirms that thing that's going to be birth, in this case, a person. And that's what aligning with faith warriors will do. It will help you be affirmed and get encouraged. It will help you be sure that what you're doing is on track for God. A faith warrior, but not any faith warrior. Not any faith warrior. Uh, look at the text. Gabriel said Mary uh, Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Mm-hmm. So faith warrior, you're saying, I don't know who to partner with. Any faith warrior? No. The answer is another faith warrior that's birthing. That's who you want to partner with. Another faith warrior that is birthing. Right. You don't need a faith warrior that's called to uh, labor right now. That's called to work in the vineyard right now. You don't need to partner with a faith warrior who doesn't understand where you're going. You need a faith warrior that understands birthing. You know what? I love um, Perry Mason. The black, I'm a lawyer by trade. And so I love Perry Mason. I love the black and white Perry Masons. And so what they do is they stand up and they give an objection. And the objection goes something like this. I object. That is incompetent, irrelevant, and immaterial. Incompetent, irrelevant, and immaterial. And what I want you to understand is that when you're looking for a faith warrior to align with, they have to be competent, they have to be relevant, and it has to be material. What do those things mean? Competent means they understand the, the birthing. They don't have to have already birth already. Elizabeth hadn't birthed. She was still in the uh growing processes, right? She was only six months pregnant, but they are further ahead than you. So they're competent in, we got to get this thing going. I know Mary, Elizabeth knew what Mary was going to have to go through for the first six months. So she's competent in the birthing process. Then it has to be not only competent, but it has to be relevant. They need The faith warrior that you need to align with has to have some relevancy to what you're doing. Look at it's in the text. Elizabeth and Mary were birthing children. Elizabeth wasn't birthing a business and Mary birthing a child. 
They both were birthing children. So when you get your divine request, you're looking for a faith warrior, yes, who knows about producing something, yes, and that also is familiar with or has some kind of understanding of what it is you're producing. Then it needs to be material. Right. It needs to be competent. The faith warrior that you want to align with needs to be competent, needs to be relevant, and it needs to be material. What's material? It means that it needs to persuade you. So basically, you need to have respect for that person and you need to have respect for that person so it can persuade you and help you. Mary, when she went to Elizabeth, Elizabeth gave her those words and Mary was overjoyed. Mary received all of that. If you can't receive from a faith warrior, that's not the faith warrior for you. And just flip that. If you know that you have gone forward and you could be an asset in the kingdom and nobody's coming to you to partner with you, it may be that people don't respect you. So we have to carry ourselves in a certain way so that not only do we birth and produce in the kingdom of God, we reach back and help the other ones come and produce in the kingdom of God. So point number one, there must be a request from God, a divine request. Point number two, ultimately you must get a yes. Don't doubt, right? But you can get clarity. Number three is that faith warriors, you must align with God. Now, I know you're saying that I don't have anybody. Well, what's interesting is when you go and read about Elizabeth, Elizabeth didn't have anybody either. Look at the text. It just gives you all the answers. Elizabeth didn't have anyone either. So what did Elizabeth do from conception until five months? She stayed to herself. She stayed to herself. I'm trying to get you to see that the enemy will come and like the thorn, like the birds and just snatch the seed before it can take root. If you get a word that just says, no, that don't make any sense. No, you can't do that. It's already been done and they weren't successful. No, God ain't really saying that. Snatch the seed. But what Elizabeth did, she couldn't partner with somebody to encourage her. No, she stayed to herself because she had to protect it. And in fact, her husband couldn't even snatch it from her because he was meat. So if you are a faith warrior and you can't partner any with anybody, you have to hold it to yourself because we can't allow the evil to come and take it. We can't allow the evil. The text says when the, the, the birds that eat, that come and eat the seed was evil. It, and evil does not have to be, oh, a big, big boogie, a, a, a monster. Evil can be just words that tear down and just words that don't support and just words that make you doubt and just words that make you fearful. It could be good intending words and that could be evil. How do I know? Because Jesus called Peter that one time to get behind me, Satan. And so, and we know that he Peter was one of the best disciples and one of the great disciples. And so even though people in your circle, in your corner are well intended, oh God, they can snatch what God has given you, that divine request. So we have to protect that which God has given us to do. And the way that we do it is we try to align with the faith warrior who is competent, relevant, and material. But if we can't, from conception until we're sure, if Elizabeth, it was five months, you hold it in. You keep it to yourself and don't let nobody or anything rob you of that Number number four, the next thing we need to do is implied in the text. It's not really said there, but we know it had to happen. <laughs> you have to stay nourished. 
You have to stay nourished. What do I mean by that? When you're carrying something, as Mary was, she had to eat for two. She had to eat for two. We understand that. If you've uh, ever watched anybody have a baby or if you've had a baby yourself, you know the diet change. You add stuff in, you take stuff out, you eat more, uh, you may eat more frequently. But she had to nourish for two. And this is something I'm coming up against the enemy about right here. Because in the kingdom of God, a lot of times we're busy meditating on our personal self and think we're nourishing the divine request. And we're not. You have to eat for two. You have to continue to have personal growth. You have to continue to walk close with the Lord. You have to continue to to do your regular life. But when you get a divine assignment, you also have to feed that divine assignment. Assignment, or it will be malnutrition, impoverished, feeble, and may even die on you. So what do I mean? Well, that means that if God has called you, you have given the ultimate yes. Okay. You partner with the faith warrior, or maybe you're to yourself. The next thing that you need to do is start feeding that request. You may have to do research. You may have to find resources. You may have to take classes. You may have to uh, go into places and find new venues and things of that nature to feed the request. You have to nourish not only yourself, but the request because you're carrying something. You're getting ready to birth something. And anytime you're getting ready to birth something, you know you have to move forward and nourish it. Right. So four points. Real simple. It must be a divine request. That means God is tapping you. You're not tapping God too. Ultimately, you must say yes. Don't doubt in your yes. However you get to your yes, however long it takes you, fine. Yes, you may get clarity, but don't doubt. The next thing we need to do is if we can, we need to align with a competent, relevant, and material faith warrior. And if we cannot, we're unto ourselves for a period of time until we are sure that we are caring. We are able to produce. We can see that we're going to produce what thus says the Lord. And then we have to stay nourished, not only feeding ourselves spiritually, emotionally, mentally, but also feeding, pouring into the divine request. Those are the four points. But you know, I have two more. And there she was in Nazareth. And what is the good news? What is the good news? Well, you go back to Gabriel and the first thing that he said was to the little Mary, she's a teenager, you are favored in the Lord. Now, I know in the church world, we're blessed and highly favored. I know in the church world, world we're favored and, and blessings and favors. And ooh, I'm so favored in the Lord. I know that. Right. But here is a clear example in which God is not talking about stuff. He's not talking about your favorite because you got a house and you got this going on and your life is right over here. and Your life is right here. This is favorite in the Lord because you have been the one called to assignment. This is favorite in the Lord because you have been the one that God has tapped on the shoulder and said, I need daughter. I need son for you to go out here and, and, and produce this in the kingdom, produce this in the land so that my children will come out of captivity. I need you to go out here and accept this call just tapping you on the shoulder you are favored Bertha you are favored ha ah, but it's deeper than that 
Now, when the favor of the Lord rests on you with these divine requests, you can walk into places and you can do things that others cannot do. You can speak to stuff that others cannot speak to. You know, you've got mountain moving power. When you know you have the favor of the Lord on you on divine requests, the Gabriel, we believe Gabriel all through the text. You're going to have uh, Elizabeth. You're going to have John. He's going to be the forerunner for Jesus. Gabriel said, uh, Mary, you're going to have a baby and his name going to be Jesus. Jesus. We believe all of that in the text and let us believe that you are favored in the Lord when the Lord taps you on the shoulder because the angel Gabriel was the one speaking for the Lord. So you are favored in the Lord when he, the Lord, taps you and gives you a divine assignment, a divine task. No matter how big it is, no matter how grand it is, no matter how many people it's supposed to help, or no matter how simple it is. When he says, I want you to do something, you know you're walking in favor of the Lord. You're walking in the power and the anointing of the Lord, and you need to be resolute in that. Now, lastly, the last thing. Every time I look at this text. One question comes to mind. Does anything good come out of Nazareth? Remember that question was posed. Does anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And not only Jesus, there was Mary, the little 12-year-old teenager, 13, 14-year-old teenager who's about to be favored by the Lord to bring our Savior into the world. Yes, does anything good comes out, come out of Nazareth? Does anything good come out of your city? Does anything good come out of your town? Does anything good come out of your county? Does anything good come out of your state? Yes, look at this. How about your country? What about Tel Aviv? What about Ghana? What about Detroit? What about Atlanta? What about Seattle? What about Mississippi? What about St. Louis? What about Mexico? Does anything good come out of Mexico? Does anything good come out of Toronto? Does anything good come out of these lands these days. Yes, yes, because look what God did. He saw a right. She was right. Elizabeth was right. Uh, Elizabeth's husband was right. That's what they said in the text. They were righteous and there was something good and God tapped them on their shoulder. That means he looks past the, the, the ugliness of where you live. He looks past the situation and he can tap you on your shoulder. Does anything good come out of Nazareth? Yes, ma'am. Mary came out of Nazareth. Yes, ma'am. And you can come out of your city. So I pray that this has been a blessing to you and that it helps empower us so that we keep the divine request and we keep it all the way till we can get up to labor and push it and produce in the land so that the church may have power in this world. To God be the glory. Amen. To support, subscribe, like, follow on social media platforms and podcasts.